You're listening to I Love This, You Should Too, with Samantha Hees and Indy Randawa. Welcome to I Love This, You Should Too, the podcast. This is Indy. No, we've done this before. (laughs) I'm Indy. He's Indy. Yes, I am. I'm Samantha. Yeah. How are you, Indy? Oh, thanks for asking. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I'm fine. I'm not probably not going to give like an actual answer on the podcast of like, oh, I don't feel good. I don't feel great, but you know, we're going to make a podcast. Was it the four flights of beer we had at the brewery today? It might have been that, or it might have been the grocery store sushi. Oh, yeah. Oh, that wasn't bad. Yeah, it was fine. Uh, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. We had four flights of beer at the brewery today. <laughs> right, that's why you're doing so hot. I had a really good run. Yeah, yeah. I'm like halfway to five. Run before the beer. Before beer, because yeah. I can't run after drinking. No, that's not a good idea. You probably shouldn't do that. Don't uh, drink and run, people. No. Although I hear that's how like the average population, like 58% of all jogging is done while drunk. Really? Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> lying to me you're lying to me it's possible don't lie to me it might be true um so yeah so good run halfway to 5k had some drinks at a new brewery in town two sergeants yeah good stuff that'll be our plug for beer of the day beer of the well, day. what did you like i think i like their brown ale the best that's pretty tasty the um blanchford brown yeah i liked all of their beers though they're they was delicious when you say you're halfway to a 5K, that kind of sounds like you can just do two and a half kilometers, which I think you do a lot more than that. You do, I do. five kilometers, yeah. Don't you? So it's the Couch to 5K program. Right. So if you've, you're if halfway you've through the full... tried to run right. and learned with this program, you know that like they give you different runs and you run different amounts every day. And technically, I go like four kilometers every run right now, but it's actually I can run like 2.5K at a time. Yeah, and then we're gonna do a big 10K. Then I'm going to continue training to yeah. do the couch to 10K. And I assume that I can just go and run a 10K. It's probably going to be like the rudest awakening ever. Then I'll just be like, <laughs> oh, God, I can't do that at all. But I, uh, I assume I can. I, that's how I feel every single time I go to run. That you assume you can do it, but then it's a rude awakening? Yeah. Yeah. Story I'm... of my life. I always assume I can do things, and then it's a rude awakening. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> you can do lots of things. Yeah. Like drink four flights. I know. I couldn't do it. Remember, you had to drink most of it. It was a rude awakening for me. <laughs> um, let's, uh, maybe let's make a podcast. Oh, hey. So. Do you want a podcast? I guess. <laughs> I think that's why I'm so down, is because we're going to talk about bride wars Mm. last episode samantha said you have to watch this movie i love it it's the greatest actually she said hey want to watch this um some famous people are in it maybe it won't be terrible (laughs) and then i watched it what did you think indy well i know that the title is i love this you should too so i'll just start right off i did not love it I'm going to have to agree with you. The movie did not hold out. What? No. You don't even like it? No. Oh, I feel so much better because I was <laughs> was trying to think of what to say about this movie. And it was hard to just not talk about why it's a piece of garbage. But I was like, well, I can't just go on and on about how terrible it is. I have to come up with something, something insightful to say. So then I thought like, oh, maybe I could talk about 
ways that this movie could be better. And just throughout the whole episode, I'll say like, it would be better if, like for instance, what what I've made a list. Actually, there's only two things on my list. It would be better if Liv kicks a dog. There you go. That's my first idea to make this movie better. Wow. Okay. Because then you'd know she's a bad person. Because right now, like she's terrible, but I think we're supposed to think she's good. Yeah, it's very confusing. The character development isn't strong in this one. There isn't any. Exactly. I think if they had gone a little deeper and like made it a little bit more weighty with different um, like elements. So like you get to know the couples a little bit more and you get to know like their backstory. And... Oh, yeah, definitely not couples because like both of their fiancés are just like the most boring, bland. They have no they don't exist. No, so I'd love to, you know, see what they're actually like. I would just don't even put them in the movie. No. if you're just gonna make them like complete and utter blanks. The only thing that either of the fiancés do is when Chris Pratt is like, "Well, he's not even gonna be able to control his own wife." Right. And Let's just, we like, can talk about that. There's yeah. First. I think this movie maybe fewer people have seen. Yeah. So let's um let's here's let's try to do something together. We're gonna try to tell them what this movie is about in like a minute. Okay. So feel free to interrupt me at any point. Okay. So there's these two best friends. They've grown up together, and for some reason, they all said like we will. They both said we want to get married at the plaza. In it has to be in June. In June, June, yeah. If it's July, I will fucking kill myself and everyone else here. Okay, well, they don't quite say that, but yes. But it can't even be like a week later. No, it can't even. It has to be July first. Yeah, that's uh, that's so stupid. But anyways, and then they say, "Yeah, we're both gonna do that," and that's the only thing we care about in life. We don't really even like each other all that much, but we have this. Then, um, what's live is Kate Hudson. Liv is Kate and Hudson, she's yeah. like, oh, I'm going to get engaged right away because I saw a box. So I'm going to tell everyone I'm engaged. But nobody proposed to her. But then Anne Hathaway's Emma, Emma gets uh, proposed to. And she says yes. And then she goes, oh, I'm going to get married. And it's going to be at the Plaza in June. And then uh, her best friend for her entire life, uh, rather than being happy for her, she's furious. Jealous. And jealous. And all of her friends are furious. Yeah. And even Anne Hathaway isn't like, oh, I'm happy. She just wants to talk about the size of the ring and how it's going to be at the plaza in June. And then Kate Hudson bullies her fiance into proposing to her. He was going to do it anyway, but she bullies him anyway because that's her only characteristic is that yeah, she bullies everyone. Yeah, she's a bully and she gets what she wants. And then they're both going to get married in the plaza in June but then there's a mix-up, and they're going to be on the same date. So instead of, like, working it out or even just having their weddings together, they go, like, oh, the only thing we could do to each other is just hate each other and sabotage everything, including, like, dyeing the other person's hair the wrong color or, like... Really aggressive spray tan. Dyeing their skin or playing very embarrassing videos during their wedding ceremony. Chris Pratt doesn't like ring shopping with Anne Hathaway, so that that tells you that he's a terrible person too, I guess, even though the other two were committing crimes constantly against their best friends. Yeah. Uh, and then, this makes sense so far, right? I think so. Um, then at the wedding, Anne Hathaway's like, you know what, I don't even like you anymore because um, I did a bunch of terrible things in the last month and you kind of called me out on it once. 
And so, fuck you. I'm out of here. I'm going to go be best friends with、um, Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson again, even though she like, pretty much viciously attacked me many times over the last month. And you know what? I'm also going to marry her brother because he was kind of nice to me this one time. This one time, yeah. And then the end. The end. Then there's photo montages, and then there's like kind of a hint at a bad sequel of like, oh, now we're going to hate each other more because we're both having children. Because they get pregnant at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was good. That was about it. Yeah. Yeah. And、uh, nobody's likable. Nobody's likable. Everybody's the worst. Yes.、Uh, no one's motivations make any sense. No. Uh, the logistics of everything doesn't make any sense. There's photo montages more than once, which, why, why would that be? And this big thing that's all just plaza, 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 let's say the name of it 28 times. Where do they film it? Not at the plaza. <laughs> like, just don't call、yeah. it that then. Ugh, what a bad movie. It makes me angry just thinking about I'm it. I'm sorry that the movie made you angry.、Um, so I had like nice feelings about this movie until I watched it again. <laughs> I, I like kind of remembered it like being kitschy and cute. And last time I. I was talking about how I like went and saw it by myself in the theater and like liked it. And、mm-hmm. I don't know what it was that I liked because there's like no plot and there's no, no. character development no. and nobody's backstory is explored. And,、no. and it's just,、uh, it was a big letdown. It's a piece of garbage movie. It is. So we, we always <laughs> do that. What's your favorite part? What's your favorite part of this movie? Um,. I think the International Butter Club was my favorite. That whole conversation where she can't fit into her dress, Liv can't fit into her dress, and then she accuses her fiance and asks him to stop sending、um, the, all the treats to her office. And he's like really confused, and she starts listing them. And there's like Truffleopolis and, and Cookie Bouquet and、yeah. International Butter Club. That's funny. I, I thought International Butter Club was very funny. There are. Funny lines like that, yeah, but I wonder if I'm giving them more credit because there's so much、Shit. so little else going on.、Yeah. That when June Diane Rayfield has a throwaway line of like, oh, their wedding's gonna be better than ours, probably their marriage too. Oh, I hate my life. And that was funny to me,、yeah. but maybe it's only funny because nothing else is. Yeah. That whole plot point of、um, Anne Hathaway sends Kate Hudson a bunch of. Goodies to make her fat because that's the second worst thing you can be in this movie. Is fat. Is fat. Yeah. The worst thing you can be is single. The second worst thing you can be is ugly. The third worst thing you can be is fat. Yeah.、Those、it's just the... not like great things to be teaching. Yeah. Like young girls. And I have a feeling that there's a lot of like teenage girls watching this movie. Yeah. So my first instincts when I was watching this was to talk about like. Talk about it from a feminist perspective, and then I was like, you know what? I shouldn't be here le- lecturing you and our audience about feminism in a movie that stars and like was written by women.、Mm-hmm. That's not my place, but it's like hard not to like, it's terrible. There is specific lines where they talk about、um, women are not alive until they are married. Yes. Until this day, you are dead. So, and then they point at an ugly woman and they say, she'll be dead till the day she dies. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's in this movie. And it's, I don't even know if that was a joke. Yeah, I'm not it's sure. It's not played as a joke. The other thing that was really cringy, like that line definitely made me cringe. But the other thing was、um, the whole Vera Wang comment. 
Oh yes. About you, uh, you don't alter Vera Wang to fit you. You alter yourself to fit Vera Wang, which yeah. is like way to play up negative body stereotypes yeah. and like extreme dieting and like what about just being healthy and buying a dress in the right size? Also, with wedding dresses, you don't just buy them off the rack like ninety percent of the time. Yeah. Yeah, so if she's buying a Vera Wang and she has all this money, she's going to get it altered. Yeah. You're not just buying a Vera Wang off the rack. She's going to get, like, one that's in her size so that she's, like, ready to go for, like, her wedding day, no matter what happens. But, like, any wedding dress, and I've been wedding dressed with, like, shopping with a couple of my friends and, like, anything it's like okay you need to have this six to nine month lead time like you need to you know pay half now pay the other half when it comes in like you don't see that dress again for nine months there's no way that she could have bought it and then walked out of the store with it especially at this high-end place that she's going to also dresses in wedding stores like floor models are like dirty they're they're not the dress you want to wear down the aisle like you want a new one yeah if we look at this movie like that of what is actually happening in reality i feel like we could just be here very true yeah all day but that whole thing of her gaining all this weight from all the treats could have easily been avoided if she would have thanked her fiance for all the things he's sending her right that's the other thing he wasn't sending it it was Anne hathaway as a prank or sabotage if she would have just said like for the chocolates yeah she's been eating all this stuff for months if you would have said thank you once you would have gotten to the end of it but um, I was saying how I didn't want to lecture anyone on what it is to be a feminist. So I just typed in the words Bride Wars Feminism into Google. Uh-huh. And all the articles come up. Here are some titles of some of the articles from Jezebel. They say, uh, could Bride Wars ruin Anne Hathaway and set feminism back 20 years? Uh, the Today Show says feminism is a casualty in Bride Wars. Why Bride Wars misjudges its female audience. Bride Wars is anti-feminist. Oh, this one will kill your brain cells and is excruciating. Uh, you were dead until now, a review of Bride Wars. <laughs> so all um, all sorts of things like that. Yeah. We now are not in the minority for not liking Bride Wars. That's good. It received 11% on Rotten Tomatoes. Our most recent movie, Blade Runner, is 91%. Okay. But, um, so both of these movies, Bride Wars and Blade Runner, cost right around $30 million. This was cheaper than I thought. Really? I thought with all the the stuff going on, it would have been more than that. Uh, And, of course, Blade Runner was in the 80s, so that 30 is a lot more. Uh, Blade Runner only made back its money, right around 30. Want to guess how much this made? Uh, I have it written on my sheet, so... Over 115 million. Yeah. So one thing we've learned from that is uh, capitalism doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, we also said that Blade Runner wasn't super popular when it came out, but became popular after. Yeah, but this was. Yeah. This was super popular. Granted, it was marketed really well. And you have, you have two big stars. For whatever reason, people yeah. love watching Kate Hudson. I don't. People love watching Anne Hathaway. And I, I do think yeah. for half of this movie, Anne Hathaway was charming. Yes. 
But then also I feel like they could have gone either way with like they should have gone farther in one direction. So they could have made her really, really nice. Yeah. Or they could have made her have that moment where she like cracks and becomes like a terrible person like Liv. That's a better movie. But she's so middle of the road that it makes it really hard to like pick a side, which is what the movie wants you to do. They yeah. want you to either be on Liv's side or they want you to be on Emma's See, side. I don't I don't know if that's what they want you're absolutely right that's not what they get mm-hmm. but because if you look at it Anne Hathaway is the hero and Liv is the villain yeah. but they're both played as like no they're both just the same yeah and then we get to the point later in the movie where there's some both supposed to be some sort of revelation where Anne Hathaway's like oh, I'm standing up for myself I'm not me the weakling like I was but she did we ever have that established the only thing we no. get is that um What's her name? The teacher who was also in like Third Rock from the Sun and such. Yeah, I can't remember her name. Kristen Stacey? Johnson. <laughs> I anyway, I don't know what her name was, but that character like asks her to do favors all the time. Right. So just from that, we're supposed to realize that oh yeah, she's been walked over her whole life. Yeah, and she says it a couple of times. She's like, "What? We're not going to have." A double wedding. I I shared everything with Liv my whole life. Yeah. And maybe that's because apparently Liv doesn't have parents. Yeah, I guess so they she, died, but so you'd think that'd be something we'd talk about. And Hathaway's parents adopted her? I don't know. She, like, that's never... See, that's one of those things that would like really endear you to the characters, is if they maybe. kind of spent a little bit more time on the backstory. Yeah, because there's the first time that... Kate Hudson learns that Anne Hathaway's engaged. She's furious with her, then gets really sad, and then she goes, well, you know that my parents died and the plaza was all I had. And I was like, wait, what? No, we don't know that That's the first time you hear about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's Kristen Johnston. Kristen Johnston. That was close. Yeah. Maybe. I can't remember what I said, actually. (laughs) I liked Candace Bergen in this, like, in the role she was playing. I think she did a really good job. She just sat there and said words. And I guess she was, I heard all of the words. So I guess that was good. (laughs) Is she a fairy godmother of some sort? Basically. She's literally omnipotent. So if you're at home wondering like, oh, does this movie have an omnipotent wedding planner? It does. (laughs) She narrates the movie. She does. That doesn't make any sense. I think it's playing on the trope that, like, wedding planners have to know everything at all times and be in control of everything. Oh. Is she a wedding planner? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what they're doing at her townhouse is they are... And she also has very high standards. She's like, my brides have perfect skin, great hair, and if you're not like that, well, fuck you. Dead forever. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to be dead forever like this ugly assistant. Do you want to be ugly and an assistant? No. (laughs) There were also some other, like, fun comedic people in this movie. Yeah, I remember last episode, I was talking about um, Michael Ian Black, and then I started talking about um, Casey Wilson and June Diane Raphael, Mm -hmm. both of who are in this and worked on the screenplay. And uh, Paul Shear. Paul Shear was in it as, you know, I I did like... No, actually, I don't know if I did like Paul Shear. He was being his goofy self. Classic Paul Shear. Yeah. (laughs) There was some. There were moments. This movie had moments. I can't hate the entire movie. I kind of hate the entire movie. Oh, we were talking about what our fame, favorite parts were. Uh-huh. You said your favorite. Did you say your favorite? My favorite part was the International Butter Club. Okay. My favorite part was another thing that I'd mentioned last episode. I said that I hope this is a movie that knows it's no good and is only like 83 minutes long. 
<laughs> yeah. Turns out 85 minutes. 85 minutes. That is a sign. If your movie is less than 90 minutes, there is something wrong with it. Hmm. Someone knew there were things wrong with it and cut it down, or they just they didn't have enough quality or ambition to make a full movie. Yeah. That's what this movie was. Interesting. I'm sure there's some stories about it, either that they ran out of money or a bunch of things didn't work and got mm-hmm. cut, like something about her parents, because there's something going on with something this movie. Something seems to be missing yeah. from this film, for sure. Um, intelligence in script, perhaps. Mm. I shouldn't say that. Two people I like quite a bit worked on the script. Yeah. And I think Casey Wilson has like this feminist podcast, too, and she's a co-writer of this thing, so... Huh. She was funny as the other bride, the third bride. Yeah, she didn't, again, didn't have much to do. I guess she didn't do anything bad, but I wasn't. Yeah. I didn't like any of it. (laughs) So what is your least favorite part of this movie then? I think when they find the ring and they're like freaking out and she kind of forces the proposal. It's annoying to me. I don't I don't like the way they went about that. And I understand that it's a movie and I, I shouldn't have like strong feelings towards it, but No, absolutely you should. I into think... a bar and screaming, I'm engaged yeah. and then not actually being engaged and making your brother come down to the bar and telling him that you're engaged and then being like, Well, I'm not like actually engaged yet. It yeah. could have been earrings. I think you should be upset about things like that. Unless they're really trying to play her as the villain. I think if we just give movies like this a a pass because, oh, it's just a romantic comedy or, oh, it's just a chick flick. That's why things that we call chick flicks can be so bad and get away with it. There are good ones out there. And if we expect more and demand more out of them, then you could just have good ones all Mm -hmm. the time. It's true. And there are some good chick flicks out there that have like content and are still light and fluffy but don't insult all women everywhere yeah or just have some likable characters so this director hasn't done much but he did a movie called 13 going on 30 i love that movie so 13 going on 30 is about um jennifer garner garner and she's a 13 year old and then she wishes she was 30 and then she wakes up and is is so silly movie i think you'd say chick flick Absolutely. Romantic comedy? Can't be fun. Likeable characters. There's a lot of background buildup, and you really learn about the characters, and then when they're put in the wacky situation, you already know a whole bunch about them. Yeah. You could very much consider that movie just fluff as well. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. I like it. That's one of those movies that I'd put on after, like, a hard day, you have a glass of wine, you just want to, like, sit on the couch and watch colors on the screen. (laughs) (laughs) But it's... It's likable. It is likable. Uh, she's charming in it. I think it's like Mark Ruffalo, maybe? Yes, it's Mark Ruffalo. He's charming in it. They're, it's a fun movie. Yes. And that shows you, like, you can be light. You can be whatever Fluffy. a chick flick is. Yeah. And just have likable characters. Yeah. And you'll feel good afterwards. It doesn't have to play on these terrible stereotypes constantly. Mm-hmm. It's This movie is the epitome of... Oh, you know women, they're so crazy when it comes to weddings. Yeah, it it makes all brides ever look bad. Yeah, and even like the likable, sensible character in Anne Hathaway is terrible. She's a terrible person. It's basically saying that like all women, once they get engaged, go nuts. Yes. And I feel like there's a 
I feel like this isn't the first movie that's like perpetuated that. No. And as a current maid of honor, I feel like I have also heard like, oh, how crazy is your bride? Is she a bridezilla? Like, it's a stressful time. People are stressed out and they may have like feelings or like act out or whatever. But like this is taking it too far. So in the reviews I found about it, I found one positive review. And I feel like Only this- one? I didn't look all that hard, okay. but yes, only one. Oh, I think I looked at probably like 15 and one positive one. I did find a bunch that were like style and lifestyle blogs, which I is a world I don't know anything about right. and don't care to. <laughs> but it was a lot of people saying like, people say that this is anti-feminist, but that's all right because it's fun. And which is an argument I think a lot of people have. Mm, but That's us back 50 years, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but this is one positive review I found, I think, is more telling than all the negative ones. If I could read a little uh, sure. a little piece from it. So this is from Time magazine. And uh, the writer's name is Mary Poles. And she says, at least, and this is something to be grateful for, Bride Wars deviates from the usual wedding flick routine, maids of honor who should be the bride or groom. And even though the catfighting goes over the top, the notion that a passionate female friendship can turn ugly in a heartbeat is realistic. So the only person that's saying this is a good movie agrees that like, oh yeah, women just turn on each other like nothing. Yeah. And that's, especially after you showed me Bring It On, Mm -hmm. which had this competitive rivalry Mm -hmm. that didn't devolve into anything like this. Catty and awful. To show that like, oh yeah, Women who are friends will turn on each other in a second. They're lifelong friends. And then they do all this. They like literally grew up together. Yeah. And then all of their friends too also hate them. Yeah. Why is anyone with Kate Hudson in this movie? I don't know. They all hate her. Yeah. As soon as she does things, they'll go, oh, you know her. That's how she does it. Let's live. Yeah. Why does any, why is anyone with her? No, she shouldn't have those friends. She also like... Seems to kind of know that she's awful. Because she's like, oh, I'm focused and I'm driven and I'm a lawyer. And, like, she makes a lot of excuses for how awful she is to people. And I think maybe that would be a thing. They're they're trying to play like, oh, no, she's just a strong woman. Yeah. She's just an asshole. She's an asshole. Yes, she has, like, a career. And, yes, she probably makes lots and lots of money. Yeah, they keep going over how how much money she makes. And, like, we get it. Like, but Anne also, Hathaway like, is a teacher. Anne Hathaway's supposed to be a poor teacher, but if you look at her place in New York and how she dresses, she's it's, pretty rich. She does, yeah. She's very rich. This movie is, uh, there's a type of movie that I always have a real hard time liking as soon as I see a trailer when I know it's going to be one of these ones where there's just a lot of rich people or mm-hmm. at least a lot of um, luxury on the screen. And so many right. people love it just to look at it. And it's kind of, I guess it's aspirational. I guess so, yeah. There was like this, and I think Legally Blonde is the same in some ways. Although that might be a good movie. Sex and the City. Um, And those are kind of... I I don't like to put things like, oh, these are women's movies and these are men's movies. But those movies are definitely targeted at women who want to see this kind of luxury. And there's ones that are maybe targeted at men, or at least men tend to be the audience in... um, Well, Great Gatsby is probably not targeted at men. But it has that same kind of thing. And um, Wolf of Wall Street, but Wolf of Wall Street is one I want to equate to this in a bad way. Because oh. people watch Wolf of Wall Street, a lot of like 20-something men, yeah. and be like, yeah, that's awesome. 
But the thing they're supposed to take away from that movie is this was a terrible person committing yes. crimes. But the, with all the luxury, they get kind of blinded to that. They're, they're like, like, no, yeah, I want to be I'm like a him. wife with a giant house and children yeah. and like a drinking problem. And I think Bride Wars and these types of movies kind of blind the audiences in a similar way. Yeah. That you just see like, oh, look at all these pretty things on the screen. It nice doesn't matter hair, if people are like, terrible because yeah. this is aspirational. Yeah. And I was like, don't, please don't aspire to to either of these things. No. Because uh, live in this and Leonardo DiCaprio in Wolf of Wall Street, they're sociopaths. You shouldn't be like them. Crazy people. Bride Wars should be a cautionary tale. <laughs> don't yeah. be like these don't people. Don't be like that. It was funny, after Blade Runner, a movie that I had a lot to say yeah. about, I actually had like three notes on that movie. Really? I just sat and watched it and didn't really write much because oh, yeah, I just wanted to like think about it. you were enjoying it. Yeah. yeah. This movie, I have one, two, three, four pages of notes. Wow. And I still feel like I have nothing, nothing to say. Nothing to talk about? Because I just would write things down and be like, that was stupid. That was ridiculous. Should we just go through some things that we wrote down? Why don't you just, yeah, just start going through your notes. I'm sure I can chime in with some. Uh... I wrote, uh, credits go on forever. I think you mentioned how long the credits in Blade Runner were. Yeah. I think this was longer. Oh, we'll have to, like, time it. <laughs> I'm interested um, to know. I said, why are there so many montages of still photos? I don't know. Um, I said how June Diane Raphael starts the movie off with like, I love how girlfriends are sticking up for each other, which is the exact opposite of what this movie is. It like devolves into the opposite. (laughs) I asked if Candace Bergen was a fairy. Basically. There's the scene where it's, I think this is the only scene to try to prove that Liv is good good at her job as a lawyer, but it's the worst legalese ever. She says something like, we are going to go and exploit their weaknesses, which isn't like a, a strategy no. to win something. You're like, oh, you're going to go after the other side's argument? That's what lawyers do. That's literally That's not a strategy. <laughs> and then she says, we'll find favor judiciously. Like, why? I you mean like, you'll win the case? Yeah. You're just trying like to make lawyers. it sound jargony, but it's not actual it's not jargon. lawyers say. Yeah. Uh, when Anne Hathaway gets engaged, she doesn't kiss her fiance she just goes and calls her friend and tells her the size of the diamond (laughs) and then when she answers the phone kate hudson isn't happy for her her at all even if like i had a and i don't have a friend who's like you know in that stage who i would get engaged at the same time as me there would be no like you know, it's their moment. Yeah. They're getting engaged. Be excited. Even though I know that, you know, I've already found the ring box and it's like, I know I'm getting engaged soon. It's still their moment. Yeah. You can't be an asshole and be like, well, I'm also going to be engaged soon. But they're all bad people. But they're all bad people. I wrote, ugly people don't deserve happiness. I wrote... That the men in the movie did just say the cliche thing, like, oh, you know how weddings make women crazy. Yeah. But then they're proven right. Yes. Which is worse. Um, I asked, does Kate Hudson have any more acting ability than just narrowing her eyes? She does that a lot. She does. And double repeating things. Yeah. My hair is blue. It's blue. <laughs> I'm getting engaged. Engaged. I, um, the it's blue line made me laugh in the trailer. It's in the trailer. Yeah. And that like actually made me laugh while I was watching the trailer originally, <laughs> which I think is part of the reason why I went and saw this movie. I wrote down that girls learn about dresses in school. Was that a part of this movie? The girls were learning about so dresses in school? she learned about that Vera Wang line at the bridal store. 
like there's she shouldn't have been all high and mighty that her fiance didn't know it because she literally learned it like a week and a half two weeks ago <laughs> like it's, i found that annoying because i'm like no you didn't know that until like two and a half weeks ago there's like no way that you should be like well what do boys learn in school yeah because that's not stiff in schools we learn about how to hit things with hammers and mm-hmm. girls learn about dresses it's true yeah and flower arrangements. Yeah. Yeah. We did have one unit on hitting dresses with hammers, so that kind of... It's like a crossover, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I liked how in that one scene where um, little Goldie Hawn was having her <laughs> bachelorette party, and then Emma was there already getting drunk in a corner wearing yeah, a weird hat. Yeah, when did hat. she get so drunk? She was just sitting there she drinking was... at a strip club alone. You're going to get drunk. She was sober. You don't want to be sober at a strip club. At her apartment when Chris Pratt was like, are we having a little orange baby? That was another really funny one. Yeah, it was funny. He was like making fun of her for having a bad spray tan. It's hard to make Chris Pratt so boring that this know. movie really did it. I know he's a like an interesting person. He's funny. He's I think funny. I do think Chris Pratt is a really funny guy. And he's and one of those actors who doesn't have to try really hard to be funny. Yeah. And oh man, they just like sucked all that out of his character. Oh yeah. Yeah. So in the sequence where Kate Hudson's hair gets dyed blue, she then goes to work and doesn't want to show anyone her blue hair. So she takes off her shirt, wraps it around her head. And just does her presentation in her bra. So is being shirtless with a shirt on your head worse than having blue hair? Apparently. Also, most of her hair isn't blue. So couldn't you just, like, twist up the blue part and, like, put it in a ponytail? Or also, if you're dressed professionally and have blue streaks in your hair, it wouldn't be the worst thing. It's probably better than having a shirt on your head and being topless. Just, like, total bra. Yeah. (laughs) So at one point, Kate Hudson loses the... her case whatever she's trying i don't even know what it is for and she has this emotional break and said oh you don't know it's because it's so hard to be perfect was that her struggle throughout i didn't know that she wasn't set up that way literally never told us what her actual struggle was other than not having parents yeah and then anne hathaway realizes at the end like oh i don't have to be perfect all the time was that her struggle i don't know it's not brought up you, like, literally find out when the characters are saying it, and it just, like, it doesn't make any sense up until then. Let's talk about Chris Pratt and Emma's relationship ending. Because it kind of came out of nowhere, although during the movie, I said, if she leaves Chris Pratt and ends up with a brother, I'm going to be so angry. And then she left Chris Pratt you and did ended say up that with a brother. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. So the brother is nice to her, and you assume that they all grew up together. Yeah. But it's like this very cliche. But let's talk about why she left Chris Pratt. Okay. He did two bad things in my... That I remember. So at one point, there's a photo montage, and they're shopping for rings, and one of the photos, Chris Pratt's yawning. So now you know he's bad. Yeah. And then he does say one bad thing where he says... um, that the other fiancé can't control his wife. I yeah. think he says that, right? Control. Won't be able to control his wife. Yeah. yeah. Of course, he immediately walks that back and says, like, no, I just mean, like, she's crazy all the time. And to be fair, she is, like, like actually, like, criminally insane. Mm-hmm. Later in the movie, um, I think when she's... After she's done being orange, he also makes a comment about how out of control she is and how, yeah. like, he doesn't even know who she is anymore because... She's, like, being a crazy person. 
Which I thought was absolutely legitimate. Absolutely. But <laughs> they play it as um, Liv was this, like, meek, quiet... Right. Or, sorry, Emma was this meek, quiet girl who that's who Fletcher, Chris Pratt's character, fell in love with. And she's like, well, I'm not that person anymore. Which is yeah. fair. People grow up and change. But I think what they're playing is, like, she's coming out of her shell and being the real her. Mm-hmm. And he can't deal with that. Right. But how it shows up in the movie is that she has always been very nice and now she's committing crimes and Chris Pratt doesn't like that. Which, like, fair. (laughs) Yeah. Because she has changed drastically. There's these little glimpses that we're supposed to think that she's coming out of her shell and standing up for herself, but that's not what it comes off as at all. And I think we're supposed to think that Chris Pratt is boring because he likes to stay home. And that's bad. (laughs) I love seeing him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we stay home and podcast. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, it's an exciting Saturday night for us. Woo. Woo. We had our exciting night last night, though. We did. Although that, we ended so we up stayed, coming home yeah. real quick. Yeah, we have enough excitement. We're fine. Let's not think about it. This isn't much. about us. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else on your notes? I wondered why Emma walked live down the aisle, but I guess... Her parents are dead. Dead parents. I think her parents just like Left. took off. They're like, you they know, like I'm uh, tired of we've this. already failed with this one. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's go somewhere else. Let's move to Omaha. Let's try it again. I think it should have been Emma's dad that walked her down the aisle because they had that like nice little moment um, with Liv before they both walked down the aisle and um and he was like your parents would have been so proud and like why didn't he walk her down the aisle since he wasn't walking his own daughter down the aisle i feel like that would have been a better choice i think that was ira from mad about you Mm -hmm. maybe it was he looked very similar to him but either way um other little things i had in my notes oh uh time magazine listed as this as one of the 10 worst chick flicks Oh. Uh, there's a Chinese remake of it. Really? Yeah. Oh, I want to see that. Hi. Why? I don't know. Because. <laughs> I wrote the husbands are annoyingly boring, but I think we talked about that. We did. And that is Ira from Mad About You. Mad About You. I like that show. Did you ever watch that? <laughs> no. Let's just talk about Bad About You instead. I've never seen it. It's a show about a couple. It's Paul Reiser and Helen Hunt. This is where Helen Hunt kind of got her start. Oh. And they're like, I think just in their 20s. And they live in New York in an apartment. And they just have like, they just have a nice time. Oh. Yeah. I like that. It's, I don't know why. Maybe I haven't seen it in years, but I think Mad About You is pretty good. It's much better than this. Um, Another thing that could make this movie better, turns out Liv is a witch. It's like a literal witch. Just lean into it and make her an evil witch. Yeah. That'd be good. Or what if Anne Hathaway was her character from Rachel Getting Married? And oh, then, like kind of mentally disturbed and crazy? Yeah. She's just, just a little more a little more grumpy and well acted. Yeah. Well, <laughs> did you ever was, see Rachel Getting Married? I did. See, that's a good movie. Yeah. I think that may have been my introduction to Anne Hathaway, actually. I don't remember really? what I'd seen before that, but I really didn't like that. Oh, interesting. It's been years ago. I'd only seen it once, and I still remember it. So. Yeah, I think my introduction was uh, Princess Diaries. Oh, yeah, maybe it's you know, She's that much first. younger there. Yeah. I think she's done way better things, and this is kind of a... I mean, every good actor has, like, a, a flop. Yeah, true, true. Like, one that they probably shouldn't have done, but... But she did it. She's done, I think, a couple of bad ones. I also didn't like the the Les Mis movie. 
Oh, I like the Les Mis movie. Oh, we should talk about that. <laughs> if you're going to make a musical, hire people that can sing. That's my tip. And Hathaway can sing. And Hathaway can sing. Yeah, but she was like one of the only She's people. not the lead. No. Yeah, there's a lot of Russell Crowe singing. But I mean, that's Russell also Russell Crowe cannot. Same feelings I have for um, the live action Beauty and the Beast. Oh, yeah. Why would you get, um, what's her name, Hermione in there? Hermione can't sing. <laughs> Emma Watson. I found that so, so insulting. I mean, there are yeah. people who are trained, who are in Beauty and the Beast on Broadway. Just pick like any Broadway lead. Yeah. Way better. Way better. Yeah. And you wouldn't have to auto-tune the crap out of her. We should do... So the Beauty and the Beast movie is one that we talked about and that kind of led us to make this podcast. Yes. When it first happened, because you were saying, oh, you should watch Beauty and the Beast, the live action one, because I had refused to see it. Right. And then I watched it and I made, a, I thought, a very compelling argument to you of why this movie didn't need to exist after the animated one. And you were like, oh, yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, the supporting cast incredible incredible broadway actors like audra mcdonald and like there's like people who can actually sing and who sing for a living yeah because when i first saw um gaston i was like that doesn't look like gaston but then i saw his performance i was like oh yeah he's solid he's legitimately gaston because he can sing because he can act acting his acting overcame his look yeah uh, we'll save that for our Beauty and the Beast podcast. <laughs> yes, please. First one, amazing. Live action, unnecessary. Unnecessary. Well, that's how this could have been better, this movie. At one point, Anne Hathaway breaks into song, and all these animals join her. So make it a musical. Yeah. Bride Wars, the musical. That'd be better, because at least you'd have songs. Yeah, and I bet uh, we could get a little bit more backstory through the songs. Or if they're doing these things where they're insulting each other and they're doing these pranks... Make it a funny insult. Right? Get, like, a comedic writer to come punch up your script and do all these, like, funny gags. Yeah. It's just like, oh, she dyed her hair blue. Oh, she dyed her skin orange. And then some really... Butter Club. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, that one was good. Butter Club's good. Whoever wrote the Butter Club line, that was good. <laughs> just the interesting, weird things that you can get delivered to an office in New York, like a cookie bouquet. I've sent people cookie bouquets before. That's a thing? Yeah, yeah. You can do that here. I didn't know <laughs> it's that. It's not a New York thing. Oh. Yeah. I want a cookie bouquet. Um, all right. <laughs> well, your birthday just passed. Maybe next oh, <laughs> next sorry. holiday. Cookie bouquet. Cookie bouquet. Your birthday. Sure. I'd rather watch a movie called Cookie Bouquet. Oh, that would be really good. Oof. So, uh, I don't know. Do you want to wrap this up? This is yeah, pretty... Yeah. I feel like we've bashed this movie enough. I don't think it's going to get any better from here. Hopefully you don't realize this at home, but oftentimes in our podcast, Samantha and I will go like, oh, which part should we talk about next? Because in like Blade Runner, for instance, we had all these things we wanted to get to. And all these complex scenes. In this one, we never stopped this podcast to talk about anything. No. We're not going to edit anything out. We just sat here, complained for a bit. (laughs) Kind of apologetic that like this is the episode you guys got. Sorry, guys. I promise it's usually better than this, but... It's, uh, this was a hard one, and I really, I thought about it after seeing it, and was like, I don't think I liked it. And then had to come to terms with the fact that it would be kind of off-brand for this podcast, because I can't convince you to like this movie, because no. my heart isn't in it, and that would be, that would be really hard to, uh... And you wouldn't be able to convince no, me to like this. I already knew that you hated it, and then I realized that I hated it, and I was like, we're gonna have to take a different approach. Yeah. So I should have brought this to you and called it, I hate this, you should too. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, I do. I hate this, yeah. 
So this has been a special episode of I Hate This, You Should Too. Oh, see, the thing is, we're going to get there. Yeah. Because there's a lot of bad movies that I love for how bad they are. Mm. This isn't one of these, because this isn't even fun. No. You won't have a fun time, like, making fun of it. It's not ridiculous enough to be to be fun to watch. Yeah. It just kind of makes me annoyed. It's just a mild annoyance throughout. I was annoyed based on all the feminism arguments that we had earlier. It was just like, oh, this is just making me cringe. Should we uh, go make dinner? I guess. <laughs> Lost my appetite. It's got to be more interesting than this podcast. Yeah. I'm going to make a, a, a nice uh pan-seared bassa filet with uh, dill and lemon and then maybe like we'll do a baked potato on the Ooh, side yeah. and then i'll uh steam some broccoli no i think i'll grill up some green beans with garlic Ooh, that sounds good yeah there you go that's the best part of this episode the best part of the episode was you describing food well if you want to get in touch with us and suggest some movies or give us some pointers on why we should have loved bride wars uh you can email us at i love this you should number two at gmail.com you can tweet at us if you can do it in uh, however many characters they give you now. Uh, at ten. I think it's ten characters. Only ten characters? I think. I don't use Twitter. I'm pretty sure it's ten, though. A <laughs> hundred? I think A thousand. It, it was 140 originally. Oh. And then they added more characters. I okay. guess I could just open my Twitter and look. But um, our Twitter handle is I-L-T-Y-S and the number two. Uh, we're also on Facebook at I Love This You Should 2 dash podcast. And uh, we'll see you soon for the intro episode to the next movie. Yeah, I don't even have, um, usually I make up a sponsor, I ad-lib something funny. This is taking everything out of me. Oh, no. I got nothing. Okay, well, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Oh, bye, guys. Bye.